You're listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. From the depths of pop culture rises a beast of unimaginable obsession to wreak havoc on the podcasts of man. This is the Giganticast. <laughs> We just uh we just saw Shin Ultraman. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's a yeah. shiny man. It's a shiny man it's punching sh- monsters. Punching big old lizards. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> So yeah, um it's been a while since we've had a gigantic cast, since I've had a gigantic cast. It's my first. It's your first one. Tessa, tell the people about you. Hi, my name's Tessa. Uh my name's Tessa Morrison. Um I'm a fiber artist. Uh you can find me on Instagram. Um, I also do reviews with, uh, one of us, which is kind of how I met you. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rage Select. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Rage Select. Yeah. Oh, no, right. we both were doing uh, videos with Rage Select. And then I think we met at the Christmas party like last year. Yes. And then, yes. And then we were just like, this person seems neat. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would like to hang out with this person more. And then I invited you to my birthday party that was Ghostbusters. Yes. yes. I remember the Rapala games and the bouncy house. No, it was <laughs> We had axe throwing and trivia and yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. So yeah. Uh, and, uh, for those of you who don't know, fantastic fest is going on as of this recording. Yep. And, uh, fantastic fest is an annual film festival held here in Austin, usually put on by the, the draft house more or less puts it on. Yep. Right. Uh, and the draft house this year has Shin Ultraman. Which is exciting. Uh, the dra- uh, well, specifically, Fantastic Fest does. Fantastic Fest is also the premiere, uh, the U.S. premiere of Shin Godzilla back in 2016, which I imagine is one of the ways they will make those inroads. Sure. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, and T- so, Tessa, you had done uh, Fantastic Fest in the past, yes? Uh, it, yeah, in the before times, I did back in 2019, and uh, yeah, I went to one of their opening night parties. Mm. I went with like a uh, other worlds film fest kind of like did sort of like a press sort of thing with them and just checked it out and just schmoozed. Um, but yeah, opening, mm. opening night party was like wrestling theme. So I went dressed as Zoya the destroyer from glow. Oh. And, uh, I ended up meeting, uh, Taika Waititi afterwards. What? Yeah. I shot this shit with him. We were both drunk and just like, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to hang out at any fantastic fest shenanigans. I just went as part of press mm-hmm. because I was interviewing, I think I was interviewing the U.S. distributors of mm-hmm. Shin Godzilla for ToheKingdom.com, mm-hmm. and then uh, Chris Cox, our friend from yes. one of us, yes. uh, uh, introduced me over to Tim League, uh, who, for those who don't know, he owns the Draft House, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Tim was uh, Tim said, "Well, 
Matt, why don't you introduce Shin Godzilla? So that was the most I did I've ever done a Fantastic Fest before <laughs> this year. It was awesome. It was cool. I, I had to run between two theaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Wait for me. <laughs> Chris actually uh, recorded it. I think it's on ToeKingdom.com. They have a recording of me doing my uh, spiel. My spiel. And um, the one thing Chris asked me to do is please mention one of us.net, and I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. You're the worst. I'll never live it down. You won't. Nope. Anyway. You can mention them now and, and oh, hey. ad finitum. Yeah, in in on their own website. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So this year, the good people at Subaraya Productions uh-huh. and the licensing group were kind enough to get uh, me a pass to Fantastic Fest, specifically because of Shin Ultraman. Subaraya mm-hmm. is, of course, the owners of Ultraman, and I thought. Tessa really wants to go to Fantastic Fest. Oh, boy, howdy. And uh, let me see if I can finagle an extra ticket. Yep. And here you are. Yep. In my house. Weird. I don't like it. Oh, no. Finally. No, no. No, we have to finish recording. Oh, fine. Then you can leave. Um, oh, okay. I'm being held. Help me. I'm blinking twice. <laughs> Means I'm being held against yeah. my will to talk about Ultraman. Yeah, it's an audio medium. <laughs> anyway, Damn it. Uh, Damn it. my my jacques. Um, man, I sure hope we're not peeking too much on the microphone. Eh, it's fine. It's fine. Chris will figure it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> poor Chris. I made him edit together like a two to three hour podcast that I did with Norman England, and because we fucked up the recording <laughs> and like. I, I get, I'm making a t-shirt. Mm-hmm, I'm making mm-hmm, a t-shirt mm-hmm. for the one of us people. Mm-hmm. I just have to finish literally everything else first. Oh, what's your man the t-shirt? Uh, the one of us critter, the monster, oh, the blue yeah, guy. The little, yeah. little blue nerd, the one of us nerd. Yeah. I'm, what I'm, is he? Is he like, like a little, he's like a little blue monster. Is he, is he like, like um, a little cookie monster? Is he like gritty? Oh, that guy? I don't know. <laughs> then anyway, uh, y'all are probably thinking, like, uh, God damn it, when are they going to fucking talk about Ultraman? Oh, yeah, Shin Ultraman. Yeah, that thing we saw. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we got into Shin Ultraman today as a Friday. There's going to be another screening on Monday that I am going to get to go to that the cast and crew will be there for. So that'll be neat. But uh, sadly, I don't think you can get off of work. No, <laughs> no. I'm a little bit behind on stuff in my day job. So I'll send you a, I'll send you a postcard. Please do. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Shin Ultraman is the newest big budget Ultraman movie. And for those who also don't know who Ultraman is, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Come on. Catch up with the rest of... The, uh, Tessa, quick, tell us who Ultraman is. Big, shiny man. He's very shiny. And he punches bad guys. And he is half man, half extraterrestrial. He's fused with a human... Boy. A human man or boy. <laughs> boy man. I don't know. Uh, and he goes out and he kicks some ass. Yeah. I mean, boy, that's the long or the short of it. What else do so, you need to know? Well... He fights monsters. There is there is more to it than that. Of course that. there's fucking lore. Of course there's lore. Uh, Ultraman has been around since 1966. I believe the same year as Star Trek. Um... And in a lot of ways, kind of shares a similar ethos to Star Trek, where it's about like kind crossover, of, crossover, crossover. I know. When is that going to happen? <laughs> uh, there, uh, Ultra. What was it? Ultraman. Like, it kind of has this. Uh, this. There's a mentality of human excellence. Of mm-hmm. human. What's the word I'm looking for? 
like uh, human progress and sure. like us evolving as a species. Yeah. Um, that's kind of in the undercurrent of Ultraman or has been undercurrent for a long time. I mean, the original show, it was really just kind of a lot of punching and kicking and shenanigannery with the uh, cast with the science patrol being the human cast that is like a government organization put together to fight monsters. They're kind of like shield, I guess. And um, yeah, yeah, and the, but they're all regular humans except for the one member of the Science Patrol. Of course. When I heard what his name was, his name was Kami like... Kaminaga. Yeah, Kaminaga. And I was like, well, Kami means God, and Naga, I think, means forest or something. And and then I was like, that's that's our man. That's our boy. That's our boy. <laughs> he's, he's filling in the role of Hayata. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shin Hayata was the character from the original Ultraman series yeah. who was Ultraman. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the most part... Okay, so again, just to kind of lay things out, because this is what we do on one of us, we Uh kind of lay out the plot of the actual film, which itself is very similar to the original show. Kaiju are a thing. Monsters have been appearing in Japan for a while. Only in Japan. They even even comment on it. Yeah, it's like, they only show up in Japan. What's the deal? I don't know. I don't think they... Oh, wait, they do. Anyway, I was just like trying to remember. (laughs) Well, they mention it kind of in passing. Yeah. But uh, as to why they actually do show up, but I don't have too many spoilers. Sure. And you don't remember. No, I remember. Oh, okay, fair enough. No, they came back to me. <laughs> oh, I remember. What you fucking Bush League bullshit? It's like, <laughs> anyway, so um, the monsters have been getting steadily more powerful and like weirder. Uh, the f- oh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, it's almost like uh, Evangelion was heavily inspired by Ultraman. Uh, it's kind of come full def- circle. I yeah. didn't see that at all oh, no, no, in no. the fucking like, edits. It's like towards the end there. Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff towards the end where it's like, oh, I see we've gone full Ava. Um, <laughs> which, uh, so to explain a little bit, um, well, I'll come back around to the cat, to the, how, the people who made it. Uh-huh. But yeah, so monsters have been showing up. Yep. And. One, uh, finally, a monster showed up that humanity couldn't defeat because they've been able to defeat every monster up to this point. And then finally, this new monster shows up. It's uh, it's Naranga, uh, who is also again another classic Ultraman monster, the floppy the floppy electrical boy. Yeah, I liked him a lot. His design was really fun. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like trying to figure out like what was up with the scales or gills on his back. If they were like mm-hmm. external gills or they were like uh, uh, generating static electricity by rubbing up against one another or something. I or... actually have an explanation for this. Oh, I'm going to stop do. the whole thing cold. Uh, so the Naranga, the original Naranga suit mm-hmm. is built out of the Baragon suit, which is a monster we used in Frankenstein Conquers the World. Don't at me. And, uh, I won't. <laughs> Keep going. Um, and the Baragon suit got passed because okay, <laughs> just if I, okay, so many tangents. The, okay, I'll, 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 I'll zero in on it. Uh-huh. The, Narang- the original Naranga suit was built out of the Baragon suit, uh-huh. so it had these weird. The Baragon suit had these kind of plates on its back. Now, in the original, um, in the original, the original Baragon, the plates were not. They didn't move. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be like armor. Mm-hmm. But then with Naranga, the suit, you know, it it wasn't because it's for a TV show as opposed to a movie. It was a, they kind of weren't able to make it. They weren't able to tighten it up and make it as high quality for the for the TV show just because oh. they didn't have the budget for it. So the original mm-hmm. Naranga suit, yeah, the original Naranga suit was really floppy, <laughs> and the little bits were on him were flopping all over the place, uh-huh. and they just translated that into the CGI That's model, cool. which they also used. Mm-hmm. They, they used a new Naranga suit that they mm-hmm. used for the Ultraman TV show that's on right now. 
and they used they put motion capture dots on it for this new Naranga. Uh-huh. That was a five minute tangent. Um, it sure was. <laughs> so where were we? Naranga shows up. Uh-huh. Humanity can't seem to defeat him. Then Ultraman appears. Yep. Out of just out of drop, the sky. Drops out of the fucking Here sky. He comes from the sky. Ultraman. Ultraman. Anyway, Ultraman shows up. And he destroys Naranga. Oh. In the process, though, he accidentally kills one of the Science Patrol members, or the yeah. SSSP, as they're called, um, and which is Kaminaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it's very, it, it's very, um, it's kind of ambiguous at first. But it's if you're paying attention, it's like, oh, he died. Oh, he did. He got cracked in the head with a rock. <laughs> he got got. He got got. Uh. So now Ultraman is in this human form. He's inhabiting the body of this Kaminaga person. And it's actually not totally clear if Kaminaga is dead or alive, or if he's like, it's all very metaphysical and wobbly wobbly. Um, and again, I don't want to give any spoilers, but now that Ultraman is on earth, that kind of throws the planet into chaos. And everyone's like, there are aliens. Who is he? Who is, who is shiny man? Who, who, who is he? Who is shiny man? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, how do we how do we uh, get his power? How do we get his ear? Everybody's wanting to know. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, it's all the his presence on Earth has also attracted uh, other aliens to Earth. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, it becomes. And again, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but uh, not this early in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it was a uh, yeah, and shenanigans ensue. Earth is the latest uh, late night kaiju bar. Mm-hmm. You know, it has everything. Um. <laughs> there, is a, there is a kaiju. When you and I eventually go to Japan uh-huh. at the same time, uh-huh. I will take you to the kaiju tavern. Oh, please it's do. It's the Ultraman kaiju tavern. and is a tavern just for kaiju. Heroes are not allowed. Oh, no heroes. No heroes. They have a little thing at the... At the oh, then you even have to put your hand inside of a kaiju's mouth, and it'll determine if you're a villain or not. Oh, or not or if you're a hero or not. A hero or a villain. And if you're a villain, they'll let you in. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's really, it's really funny. I'm so evil. I'm so evil. Oh, the evilest. Let me into your bar. No, I want a fruity cocktail. <laughs> mm, I have to plot my next plan for world domination. I'm sure it'll involve clones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, um, the movie was uh, directed by Shinji Higuchi, mm-hmm. who um, got got his start as the storyboard artist on Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Hence the Ava vibe. Hence the Ava vibe. One of the reasons for the Ava vibes. Sure. And he was also the special effects director on the Gamera trilogy uh, from the 90s, which are three of my favorite movies of all time. Seen some of those? Yep. They're good. From what I can remember, nods. I'm yep. sure we'll rewatch them. I'm sure I will make you rewatch them. <laughs> <laughs> I watch them every few years, just as a matter of course. Um, <laughs> you kind of, you all right? Uh-huh, I'm totally fine. Okay. So uh, the whole thing uh, with the Ava connections is also, oh yeah, and um, Higuchi, uh, the director of this, also uh, directed the live-action Attack on Titan movies. Oh. Um, which I think are okay. A lot of people kind of, them. they're, ha- they're actually like, I like that they, for the, for the Titans, they actually use practical effects. They use like people in makeup and suits and stuff. That's yeah. And, uh, but a lot of, a lot of fans poo pooed it because it was different from the anime and you can't deviate from the anime no. at all. You can't, you cannot ever <laughs> says who 
Jesus. Jesus. Anime Jesus. <laughs> Wait, anime Jesus. Who's anime Jesus? He's in an anime with Buddha. So mm-hmm. if you didn't watch anime. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, so, the Ava vibes also come courtesy of Hideaki Anno. Okay. The creator of Evangelion and the co-director of Shin Godzilla. Higuchi and Anno directed Shin Godzilla together. Shin Godzilla was a massive financial hit. Mm-hmm. That gave them the green light to be like, okay, what do you want to do next, Anno? And he's like, oh, like, no, Ultraman would be cool. Yeah, Ultraman is like Anno's favorite thing. Um, and if you watch Evangelion after watching some Ultraman, you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> he didn't get all those crosses from Christianity. He got them from weird random episodes of Ultraman because the Ultras keep getting crucified. Why? It, it's just dramatic. It's dramatic okay, and cool. Sure. <laughs> Tessa. Yes. What do you think of the movie? I I really like some of the comedy beats in this. <laughs> uh, some good moments. There's uh there was a scene with the was the SSSP. You just say science patrol. Science patrol, sure. Yeah. Science patrol. Uh where they're just uh working and they kept changing the angles of the camera, but they were like <laughs> almost these like awkward like in between like framing them over in, the shoulder over the shoulder like under the knee yeah. uh between computers like it, the Basically, the way they framed up the shots was hilarious and kind of awkward. And I'm almost like, is are they just, like, making fun of The Office or something? What's going on here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're, they're actually, I believe that's a tribute, a visual tribute to an Ultraman director oh. from the 60s named Akio Jisoji. Uh-huh. Uh, his episodes, he was always getting experimental with his uh, camera angles. Okay. I actually have a couple of dramas directed by him that I haven't watched yet. And they're, like, crazy Buddhist sex horror movies or something. Excuse me? Yeah, or... Like, like Buddhist sex murder movies. They're weird. It's called oh. the Buddhist trilogy. Anyway, Akiyoji Soji. But yeah, no, that's like, that's kind of a brand of Ultraman is to get weird with your camera angles. Uh, yeah, I really uh, enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen much Ultraman. Uh, I was like, are you sure you want me on this? Like, take take my friend B. She knows her mm-hmm. shit. Um, we, we'll have to have B on at some point. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, because I could tell that we immediately were like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. we have stuff to talk about. Like, we have things to discuss. Y'all need to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um I like I like having my friends meet my other friends yeah, and make old. new friends. Um, <laughs> comes full circle. Yeah. What else about the movie oh, jumped out at? Um, and you don't have to like be an Ultraman fan. You can just comment on what you liked and or didn't like. I enjoyed all the monster designs. The mm-hmm. two monsters, the main like hydra we got this. We had the uh, electrical one, and then we had the like the burrower one, the drill face. Yeah, that was Gabora. so cool. His like yeah. little transformation where he changed. I don't want to give away like he, he yeah. has all these little cool t- tricks and, mm-hmm. and abilities and stuff that are. Uh, and I, uh, there's a little detail. Um, that might go unnoticed unless you were looking at the character models. Mm-hmm. So the character models for Naranga and for Gabora are very similar. They have almost identical arms and legs uh, and almost identical arm and leg like texture patterns. Yeah. That's a little bit of a nod to the fact that Naranga and Gabora were both made out of the Baragon suit in the 60s. So they had almost identical bodies. <laughs> He just kind of changed out the uh, bells and whistles. They just changed the heads yeah. and, the, and, the, and the backs. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, uh, I thought uh, I like the monster designs a lot. I, I believe there's a there's a particular artist who actually uh, who do redesign these monsters, mm-hmm. and he's like a 
master at redesigning kaiju, taking old kaiju designs and updating them. Yeah. I wish I could remember his name. That's but, all right. Yeah, he's amazing. Yep. I was going to say, we could read some of our notes uh, since we oh, were yeah. at the Alamo. We're at the Alamo, so, you know, you can't talk. And so mm-hmm. uh, what I like to do uh, is to just grab the order slips and just write little notes back and forth if I have mm-hmm. something I really want to make a comment it's about smart, during the smart. movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <You just> said, <laughs> Here you go. Okay. Um, what do we got here? One of them was, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. At first you were like, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So... There is a boardroom meeting with the uh, prime minister. Yep. It's a very Shin Godzilla style meeting. And you wrote, was that boardroom furnished by a grandma? Yeah. There are these old chairs <laughs> like from like the sixties or seventies are huge, like uh-huh. single arm chairs all lined up in a row and they all have giant doilies on the back. <laughs> so, so a bunch of that same kind of stuff shows up in Shin Godzilla and Shin Godzilla is almost all boardroom meetings with people who are in the Japanese government panicking about Godzilla Uh and it all looks like it's been horribly furnished and it hasn't been changed over since like the seventies. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, (laughs) Obama-san. She just like hooked us up with all these old chairs and doilies. Uh, uh, Yeah. And apparently that's just a thing. That's Mm -hmm. a thing that a lot of Japanese like, and also a lot of like Japanese upscale coffee shops look like that. I've been to some coffee shops over there. I've been to kind of a coffee shop yeah. with like a big old armchair with doilies on it. Yeah. Like, that kind of makes sense, like a tea house or like a yeah. coffee shop, sure. But like a government building? <laughs> it's I guess they think it makes them look homier. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I don't I mean, know. That's what you you cherish and want to like sort of cultivate Which, at your work. I I don't. I well, uh, might as well. Um, um, <laughs> and, yeah. so we, and then I wrote I wrote back. All Japanese government offices have rooms like this. <laughs> it's your cozy strategizing room. You know. Uh yeah. I I, I guess so. Um. <laughs> Is, is the other one a spoiler? Can you read it's that a, one? It's just a step on me, mommy. Step on me, mommy. <laughs> there are some. There are some bigness. There's some bigness that happens. There's a particular Ultraman fans will remember uh, this particular reference when mm-hmm. it shows up. Okay. Because it's someone else who's big and it's not Ultraman. Yep. So it's uh, food for thought. Again, if you're an old school Ultraman fan, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. What let's see. What else we got? Yeah. yeah um. <laughs> You got the boobs of death. Boobs of death. <laughs> Fear my boob flowers of doom. Uh, yeah, like all of the creatures and monsters that appear again are all they're all from the original and aliens and stuff. They're all from the original series. Oh, okay. They've just been tweaked slightly, or in the case of one particular one, tweaked dramatically. Is that like? Did the original design? No, they didn't do that. Okay. There were no boobs of death on the original. Oh, okay. There were boobs, oh. but like they didn't do anything. They just kind of. Um. Now I want to see pictures of some of the originals of these. Oh, I'll show you. Okay. Well, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a bookshelf filled with reference material. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna want you to make some uh, some fiber art of some of these kaiju. Oh totally. You'll be I mean, I'm so already working on it. You should totally do a pig. Pigmon's not in the movie, guys, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that would be fun to do. Yeah, a little Pigmon, a little Pigmon boy, a little Pigmon buddy boo. Yeah, I could see, like, cutting up a bunch of felts to, like, get that texture. Get the little... Yeah. The uh, I'll, I'll show you some Pigmon action figures. Okay. So, um, well, I feel like we can't say much else without getting into spoilers, so maybe we'll do a little uh, a little break, mm. and we'll actually do... Um, We'll do a little spoiler discussion, uh-huh. uh, and then we'll wrap it up, because I think I need to plug the laptop in. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. Um, 
Chris can spice it together. He's a wizard. Um, is he? So is he a wizard? I don't know. That's what he told wizard me. Wizard Harry? <laughs> so, um, what, what, what rating would you give Shin Ultraman? I mean, as this probably is the only Ultraman movie I've seen all the way through. Mm. Um, mm, uh, mm, mm. I don't know. Uh, you maybe, can be honest. I guess maybe I'll give it a uh, eight out of ten. Um, oh, would be a good one. Uh, eight out of ten small children that didn't fucking evacuate when they should have. <laughs> God damn it! You kids with your short pants and yeah. <laughs> running around. Yeah, I'm a I'm of a similar mindset. I'm gonna need to sit with this one for a little while because um. Well, you made me give it a rating. No, no, I'm going to give a rating. It's how I feel now. I'm just, I'm very wary of nostalgia blindness, Mm -hmm. especially after, and this is well documented on one of us, Mm -hmm. especially after uh, being uh, functionally traumatized by Jurassic World, feeling, feeling, uh, no, the first Jurassic oh, World. Okay. Cause the first Jurassic World, cause by the time Dominion came around, I was well aware of what I was getting into. That's why I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going You're to. Just along for the ride. Yeah, but like the first Jurassic World was just blinding you with nostalgia. Yeah. And that is, and it's just, I felt it feels manipulative and like a betrayal, personally. Um, not that there's like, not that, not that like Colin Trevor was like, yes, I will manipulate you with raptors and pictures of Jeeps. Um, <laughs> like the Jeeps from the, I got it, I got it, okay. So. But I did feel that this one was heavy on the nostalgia. Uh, for, for somebody, as somebody who knows Ultraman and has worked on Ultraman mm-hmm. stuff, it's, uh, again, it's, it's heavy on the nostalgia. Um, but I feel like it moved at a good clip. Mm-hmm. It was never boring, but as a result, it kind of meant that it didn't really have room to breathe occasionally. Mm. Like it was kind of moving a little too hard, a little too fast. Yeah. Um, what time, what did it clock in at? It didn't run just too almost long. exactly two hours. Oh, okay. Like it started about two thirty and got out at four thirty. And I mean, there's a lot of monsters they introduced in a lot of yeah situations. Yeah, it moved in a fair clip for it, sure. It moved in a good clip, and it was like, but again, I felt like that meant that it just didn't have a whole lot of time to rest and kind of let stuff sink in. It feels like a highlight reel from the original show, hmm. and if that's what you're looking for, it's it. You could do a lot worse. There's a lot. Again, cause like you, you could have like a Jurassic World where it's just like it's more frustrating once you kind of see the architecture of it. Whereas with with this, I felt like there was enough freshness to it that kind of kept you kept me on my toes. Um, so I think I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it seven out of ten missing color timers. Uh. He's supposed to have a little blinky light on his chest, and oh, he doesn't right. have no, it. I do. Okay, I he do didn't... remember that. Yeah. I know enough about it that I was like, "Oh shit, you're right." Yeah. Well, he didn't. Um, uh, the original plan for mm-hmm. Ultraman was the original design of Ultraman from the '60s. He did not have the color timer, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of put the color timer on him because they wanted a visual indicator for him losing power because he can only stay giant for like three minutes. Okay. Whereas in this one, they were like, okay, his body shifts from like red to green. That's indicating him losing, running out of power. Oh, I thought it meant he was taking damage or something. It's sort of a six and one half dozen of another. Okay. It's just, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I ultimately liked it. I mean, my opinion may shift a little bit in the future, but uh, yeah. So now, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Is that what we're doing? <laughs>
making <laughs> making your mat ultra ultra mats uh, left a hip squeak. Your little custom yeah. boy. Yeah, my little custom boy from Carla in Thailand. It's a little squeaky. Yeah, it is. It actually is helpful for providing uh, gain levels because I saw our gain was way too high. Oh, a little insider baseball. That's why we were peaking a little bit in the first part. Ah, but uh, that's okay. It's definitely reading better now. Okay, enough. It you giving a little kitty pose. Yep. I should not have. I should not have brought toys over <laughs> for Tessa to play with. What do you mean? This whole room's full of toys. I don't understand what that means. Um, <laughs> they're action figures, they're collectibles. Thank you. you. The research. Are we peeking out pretty bad? You? Oh boy. I mean, you're right up against it. Yeah. That's fine. Just talk like normal people. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm amped up on sugar. Yes, yes, you are. Unlike, what, like three gummy worms? Shush. <laughs> anyway, no, it's, it'll be, it's good for podcasting. So. Buttons. We are doing part two of our Shin Ultraman discussion. Yep. Because we saw it. We took a little break between episodes because, you know, you don't really know what a spoiler is for this movie. I mean, I know what a spoiler is, but yes, not for this not movie. Not just in general, like, yeah. what's, a spo- what's, what's a spoiler, Ted? Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Yep. <laughs> Jesus dies at the end of the Passion. Uh, <laughs> Rosebud was a sled. <laughs> King Kong falls off the Empire State Anyway, so yeah. So I didn't know. I had. I was like, I don't know what counts as a spoiler for this film. Um, well... Mm. Gum. I just realized I was going to be like, and you're like basically anything that wasn't in the trailer, I assume. Pretty much, and I don't know if you saw the trailer. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, the locks are off, basically. Okay. Because, yeah, because I thought it would be nice to have a slightly more in-depth discussion about the movie. So, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. There's, um, they're spoilers. They're spoilers. In case you didn't notice. Which. <laughs> so yeah, space um, boobs. Oh, yeah, space boobs. Okay, so Zetan yep. is the... Yeah, okay, so as I've said before, Shin Ultraman is kind of a highlight reel of the original Ultraman series. Mm-hmm. It follows the basic structure of it. Like, monsters are kind of the first things that show up, and then eventually aliens start showing up, and then eventually the final enemy is Zetan, big old glowy space boobs. That's the natural progression. Natural progression. It's kaiju... Giant aliens. spaceman, aliens, aliens, space boob. Oh, okay. Yeah, then the space boobs. But yeah, the um, nice. But yeah, the um, the Zeton. Zeton. Um, yeah, Zeton is the final enemy from the original series, and he kills Ultraman. What? Yeah, he blows up his color timer. Wh- what? And makes his color timer short. Not out, a Zeg timer. How does well, he know like, when the biscuits are done? How does he know when the cookies are done out of the oven? Well, see the blue thing on his chest there. Uh-huh. It wasn't in the movie. No, it wasn't. He didn't have a he didn't have an egg timer on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. There actually is an Ultraman egg timer. Of course there out is. Out there in the ether. Um so yeah, there we go. I think I figured out the levels. <laughs> Yay! Insider baseball. So uh, yeah, uh, well, that's, they had him do that by changing color, because, uh, Tol Narita's original concept art for Ultraman didn't have a color timer. You, you I'm playing with the, the, the toys, I'm sorry. The action figure. Hi! It's fine, um, I mean, I, I filled, I put you in a room full of toys and it hopped you up on sugar. Yep, uh, pretty much. Um, 
So yeah, yeah, that was our our big 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 bad at the end. The big old battle, <laughs> but interesting twist. Uh-huh. So as you recall, Zofi, the other Ultraman. Oh yeah. Who was like... The gold one? The gold one. Yeah, yeah, Zofi. In the original series, he just looked exactly like Ultraman, but he had these, like, badges on his chest, mm-hmm. which is supposed to indicate rank. Okay. He's like a superior. But in this one, it's just, he's just another member of that species. Of okay. The Ultra species, or the, the whatever they call themselves. Um, so, question. Yeah. Why does Ultraman have to fuse with a human? Did he have to? He chose to. Because uh, they're like, it's illegal. How could you? So that's never really been, that's not really part of the canon. Sorry. Uh, that's not really part of the canon. Uh, the whole, like, it's forbidden. It is forbidden. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's just, okay, so in in the original show, mm-hmm. Ultraman comes to Earth chasing another, chasing a space monster. Mm-hmm. He crashes into the main character Hayata's ship, mm-hmm. and he accidentally kills it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I was chasing this monster here. I crashed into your ship. My bad. <laughs> so, oopsie doodle. I will fuse your life with mine." Uh, and they kind of become the same, kind of like in, in Shin Ultraman. Kaminaga, mm-hmm. he's like he says, he's like, there's a human inside of me, mm-hmm. but Ultraman is kind of in the driver's seat. Okay. And at the end of the original Ultraman show, after Ultraman leaves, uh, it, he gets defeated by Zeton. Okay. And then the humans actually, Science Patrol actually defeats Zeton. Kind of, they kind of pulled it out of their ass, yeah. but it was like they figured out how to beat Zeton. And then Zoffy shows up and he's like, Ultraman, you have to come back to M78 to our home planet because you 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 can't you can't live here anymore and he's like the deuce i can't well then ultraman <laughs> says like well but i'm i'm bonded with a human yeah and he's like zofi's like okay well i have he literally the translation is i brought two lives with me <laughs> so, what uh, two spare lives for you he said he only had one spare life he said well i've only got one spare life and mm-hmm. he's like well give it to the human mm-hmm. that i bonded with mm-hmm. and and zofi's like Okay, dope, bro. And uh, I'll I'll take you back to M seventy eight. I'll take you back to M seventy eight. Otherwise, you will die. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, all right, I've got to leave the planet. And so he they separated him from Hayata in the original series. And Hayata was like, he, he saw them flying away. Mm. And he's like, Commander, that was the ship I saw. That was that was that weird object. Where am I? <laughs> he's like, he just no memory of what. Yeah. Um, in other series. They specifically, the reason that they bond with a human mm-hmm. is because ultras are incompatible with Earth's atmosphere. Okay, gotcha. They're, the further away they get from their home planet, the faster their power depletes. Okay. So, like, three minutes is their time on Earth. Yep, yep, they and that's why up. he can only be in... Okay. Yep. And it's the timer. Nice. Sometimes they take human form, mm-hmm. uh, like Mephiles did. Y- that fucker. That fucker. I swear to God, as soon as he showed up, I was like... This guy's got vi- creepy vibes. He's a bad guy. I don't yep. do not trust. And do then trust. and then he's like, "Oh, humans! I will rule them all." And I was like, "Oh, great god complex." Cool, 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 cool awesome, cool. awesome. I mean, he literally says, "I want to. I'm going to be your god." Yeah, I am as unto a god, which is probably where you know one of I, his favorite sayings. Yeah, he's <laughs> he did have a bunch of favorite sayings. That was a cute little detail. A friend of the channel, uh, Toshi Nakamura, mm. actually did the subtitles for Shin Ultraman. Oh, cool. A buddy of mine in, uh, out in Japan. And uh, Toshi, I really hope we get to see you in November. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
uh, Toshi and I actually did one of the first episodes of Giganticast together, just yelling about Ultraman for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, you and yeah, a friend yelling for two hours about I something know. you enjoy? The damnedest. Uh, the damnedest thing. So yeah, I just um, yeah. So in this, in this, the way this ends, spoilers, guys. I fucking told you. Um, Zoffy shows up, mm-hmm. as you remember, and he is like, okay, well, humans are getting, they're going to start evolving too closely to us, which would make them a threat. So we've got to prune them, quote unquote. Oof. So I brought Zeton. <laughs> and so the Space fa- gardener? Yes. He's designed to look like a beetle. <laughs> I can see that. Yep. Yeah. His, each kaiju has like a name though, like a subtitle to their name mm-hmm. or title. Mm-hmm. Like Naranga is like electrical kaiju. Mm-hmm. Zeton is space dinosaur. I, hmm, okay. It's not. Why does Zeton look like on this version, like his antenna or ears look like harps? They look like tiny little harps. Um, I feel like little tiny Joanna Newsom's gonna sit up there and start singing. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, um, I don't. Uh, again, they're he's kind of supposed to look like a beetle, hmm. and I guess they're just supposed to look like antennae. Sure. Um, I mean, I have the concept art book from the original series by they hired an abstract artist to design all their monsters. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Tolnarida, he's amazing. Um. And yeah, um, one thing I did appreciate was our main POV character is pretty much a woman. Yep. Was, um, oh, what was her name? Uh, uh Amita? You, yeah. You something some, like that? I'm looking at the, is it, oh, uh, Hiroko Asami? Yeah, Asami. Asami, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she is, uh, I, I liked her interactions where she's like, well, I'm here to, I'm here to work for you guys. And, oh, I see Kaminaga is my partner. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're going to be buddies. And Kaminaga is like, he's already Ultraman by that point. He's just yeah. like, I don't understand what this means. Yeah, he's <laughs> just... A higher life form that doesn't really understand interpersonal connections. <laughs> yeah, he was a bit of a square. Yeah, and he's, he called humanity a herd at one point. Yeah. Like, That's also a little out of character for the Ultras. Are we, are we sure that he was Ultraman at that point? Yeah, he was. Okay. Because okay. Ultraman landed. Yes. The blast, the blast impact killed Kaminaga. Yeah. Or mortally wounded him. So because she showed up after that already occurred. Yes. Okay. Okay. And Just making sure. Like we're buddies. I'm not your buddy, pal. I'm not, not your, your pal, g- guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm your coworker. Bring me some coffee, you jerk. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and I liked the little bit where he was like, you know, we're autonomous creatures, we can do things for ourselves. And she's like, yeah, but it's rude. We're social like, creatures. He's like, oh, like a herd. Ugh. And I thought it was I thought it was interesting, because there have been a couple of attempts at kind of recontextualizing Ultraman mm-hmm. for like a modern audience. And it's just very interesting, because in the classic canon, Ultras are actually supposed to be like... They have an idyllic society. Mm-hmm. They were like humans, and then they evolved into these giant silver people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, we have been given this great power. We need to protect the still evolving species of the universe. But then they say they want to prune the humans. Well, see, that's new. Yeah, I was going to say. That is a completely new interpretation for the Ultras being like, oh, we can just... 
that a classic ultra would never do that. I think okay. it's very interesting narratively to have them be like, well, they still kind of establish it where Zoffy is like, humans are interesting. Let's just keep an eye on them. Yeah. He said, I think he said they are precious at one point when he realized like they were able to de- defeat Zeton or whatever. We were right. smart enough to figure it out. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. I kind of okay. see. All right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> these, these, these little fucks. Um, <laughs> it, it just, yeah, it was kind of shocking that Zoffy kind of wound up being the final villain in a way. And, and in the original show and in the t- current TV shows, Zoffy is the big brother of all the other Ultras. He's the oldest and most powerful, the Ultra Brothers. And they have this sense of camaraderie. They're kind of like, Dylan, you son of a bitch kind of thing. And uh, there's just there's a lot of camaraderie and warmth between Ultras because that's literally where they get their power from. They mm. get their power from connections and from friendship. Aww. They are like big Care Bears. <laughs> yeah, and... But that's not seems seems to be the case mm. with the current with the Shin Ultraman. It's an interesting approach. Oh yeah, and we forgot to mention the the other person who got embigified. Since we're talking uh, spoilers, the uh, step on me, mommy. Step on me, mommy, Asami. Yeah, step on me, mommy, Asami. Oh my goodness! Sorry. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, you gross. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, so it was really interesting. They they made her kind of huge, which it m- reminded me of a music video I saw. It was um, it was a Saint Vincent video, uh, the one where she doesn't want to be a cheerleader no more. Uh, it's a it's a fun song, but fun, yeah, I'll show you to you later. Yeah. Um, similar similar vibe, uh, giant woman. So all I want to do is see you turn into a giant woman. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, it's a Steven Universe <laughs> reference. So. Um, yeah, well, that is a reference specifically to the Mephilos episode of the original Ultraman. Mm. He took uh, Officer Fuji, who mm. was sort of Asami's uh, equal in the original show. Mm-hmm. She was the one female member of the Science Patrol. Uh, but as was the style at the time. Um, and uh, she... Uh, was captured by Mephilas, and Mephilas made her grow gigantic mm-hmm. and was mind-controlling her to just start smashing shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, see, I can do anything. I'm better than Ultraman. Yeah. And then Ultraman is like, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, Mephilas is giving me some sort of, like, chaos, demon, Loki, pan- puckish Mephil- kind of... Mephistopheles. Mephisto- yeah, I was going to make mm-hmm. that reference as well. The yeah. Mephistopheles from uh, uh, Superman. Well, there's also... Um, Mephistopheles is like a like a literal. Mm. I believe there's a, there's Mephistopheles was the demon that Faust made a bargain with, I think in. Oh yeah. I'll look it up. Mephistopheles. I'm thinking of the weird fairy dude or from Superman. Yeah. Yeah. He had a name very similar. Oh, Mr. Mixoplitlick. Yeah. Mixer. Mixoplitlick. Yeah. Can't say it. Oh, Mephistopheles, also known as Mephisto, is a demon featured in German folklore. He originally appeared in literature as a demon in the Faust legend. Yep. So he was like a Faustian covenant. Um, (laughs) Dr. Orpheus. Uh, But yeah, uh, no, I really like the way they did. Uh, uh, Mephilas. I keep wanting to say Metfees now. Mephis is a character from the Godzilla movies. Stop it. Um, it's like, stop it, stop it, and slap. Stop it. Harder. Um, <laughs> Father, brother, mother. <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> Anyways. I hate him. I love him. <laughs> so, yeah. No, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, like, big details, like just the, um, 
you know, because again, it's like if you're familiar with the original show, you're kind of going to see where this is going to go. Oh man, big spoiler! They have an adorable plush in this movie. I want to make or buy or I'm find. Sure it's available. It's adorable. I'll find one for you in Tokyo. Um, I'm just I'm sure I can find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this little mascot for the Science Patrol, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why is that there? And I think it's never commented upon. They they kind of pause on it a lot though they're, they're really really putting that product placement out there <laughs> i'm wondering if it's if they're making they're making a joke like about like well this is our public image and we have to you know our public image is like look we made plushes like mm. i i just it's just yeah it's just never addressed or they're they're paperweights that look like what they're like little like breakers on a in a in a like a, like a dam yeah a little pylon like yeah or all of the fucking sci-fi spaceships that are on the nerd's desk. Oh, in the yeah. Where he's, got a, he's got an Enterprise. He's got shit from, like, Thunderbirds. Yeah, they made the joke that he brings his uh, his, 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 his uh, life uh, to work with him. Yeah, his yeah. hobbies and his interests to work with him. What do you think of... Oh, sorry. Oh, good. Uh, what do you think of Zarab? Wait. Uh, oh, so, Zarab. Oh, yeah, he was weird. Um, the, this guy. Yeah, he was hollow in the back? Yeah, which is not... Your toy is no, not... Why? He's not hollow in the back. I actually... Somewhere I have a Bandai of the new version yeah. of Zarab, and instead of just cutting the back off, they made it translucent. Oh, <laughs> so It's just kind of this red indent. Okay. It's a weird choice. Um, yeah. I don't know why they did it like that, but it's cool. It's very strange. He's like... Uh, I guess it's like... A reference to his mimicking. Yeah, like he's like a just suit. A face. Yeah, yeah, or mask yeah. that made. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like a mask. His whole body's a mask. I like that. Yeah, that's probably what that's they did. Why it's like uh, con- con- concave or convex, whichever. Yeah, con- concave. I, I guess it depends s- on how you're looking at it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I liked how they handled him. Toshi told me that he wrote his uh, subtitles to make sure he did not use contractions. Okay. I don't remember that, but I do remember him speaking very oddly. Mm. You know, very, like, kind of robotically, kind of, I'm an alien. Uh, <clears throat> he was a weird, he was a weird character. At first I thought he was just uh, uh, the lead guy in just, like, a cloak or something. Well, he was walking around in a trench coat. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> like, Ninja Turtles or something. <laughs> It's like, oh, I hate bald green punkers. <laughs> I don't... Like, it makes me wonder how much of this is supposed to be just a farce. Because it's a very silly movie. Yeah. Especially with Asami slapping herself on the ass. Oh, like, yeah, she's like, let's go. <laughs> and she bopped the other girl in the butt as well. I think she bopped Ultraman in the butt at one point. Uh, I don't... She might have, but she definitely did the other uh, lady co-worker at one point. Yeah. That was... God, that was funny. Yeah. I, uh, when I saw, when we got to the point where Zarab kidnaps Shinji, she kidnaps, uh, Kaminaga. Mm-hmm. And then there was this whole thing set up where, um, this guy, he had like been like, oh yeah, he left a trail of invisible ink to go find him. I'm like, oh, so we're just removing all the tension from this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you guys are, this is kind of indicative of you guys just wanting this to be a highlight reel because that's how the original series went. Uh, Zarab kidnapped Hayata. I believe if I remember correctly, he kidnapped Hayata. And so he could turn into ultra into like a fake Ultraman and run amok. Amok, 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 amok. And ruin Ultraman's, uh, reputation. Image, yeah. Yeah. And then they freed Hayata. I got free somehow. And he's like, transform. That's what it makes. <laughs> it's just like Transformers, you know, that except it's, 
Leave me alone. Of what? <laughs> I believe you. I <laughs> I believe you. Just don't touch me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what else? Listen, any, I mean, I'm trying to think if there are you know, spoilers that we can spoil. I mean, is there spoil. anything else that was just interesting that stood out to you? Uh, shit. Um, <laughs> I, other than the things I mentioned earlier with the really weird, like, edits and, and cinematography yeah. and shots in between things, fast which I, cuts. it was, a, it was a lot of fun. There were some really fast cuts, too. Um. But the editing, the, the cinematography is, like. It's fun. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Definitely old school Ultraman style. Yeah, and the creature creature design, I loved it. I loved um, Gabora. I loved Gabora's whole drill aesthetic. And the first one, the Naranga. Uh, this boy. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I liked his uh, the horn, his horn, and his two little antenna like connecting and mm-hmm. making like the electricity come out. Because mm-hmm. there's some sort of like device that does, does that. that. Yeah, I forget mm-hmm. what it is. Um, I don't know if it has something to do with like Teslas or mm-hmm. coils or anything. But anyways, there's it reminded me of some some sort of uh, device. Just a neat, just a neat, <laughs> yeah. Aspect. The one the thing I liked that was a rec- recurring uh, visual cue in the movie i don't know if you picked up on it mm. a lot of the lights in inside of monsters and stuff are like these glowing they're like boop 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 like that like mm. naranga's horn even though that was like a boop 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 like charging up well it was specifically made to look like little led lamps mm. because that's how they would make the suits and they'd mm-hmm. have these little like like zeton's face mm-hmm. in the original he's got this yellow vagina thing on his mouth yeah um or a or or a a, a, a a package holder. Yeah. Or a, anyway, <laughs> um, in the original sh- show, it would go boop, 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 with the little lights, lights going up, like, yeah. like like string lights. Yeah. And they maintained that aesthetic throughout the movie. Like even Mephilos, when Mephilos shows up and he turns into like his true form to fight Ultraman, he's got this little ring of lights around his face that goes, yeah, because they wanted to keep that aesthetic, and I thought that was really cute. That was a cute detail. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the thing about the movie is that honestly, and this might be a might be a negative and it may be a positive. There's not a whole lot to talk about other than visual elements and like specific editing and sight gags like the arc of the movie is very much like a tv show like it's this. yeah it's intrigue fight intrigue fight intrigue fight um and it's not until like the whole mephilos thing at the end where it's like oh there's like an arc to what's happening or would you disagree no no that sounds about right <laughs> i was like i was just uh you're kind of running it through your head uh-huh mm. Well, you know, I mean, I, I go, that could be a positive or a negative thing. You know, some people might be looking for a little more substance uh, in their suit. I had some friends say it's, or some people say it's the best superhero film I've ever seen. And I'm like, okay. Let's <laughs> calm down. Let's pump the brakes a little. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. I also enjoyed it. Uh, it was a, a very good uh, introduction to a full uh, Ultraman film. Uh, yeah. It's it's not the best Ultraman movie. Mm-hmm. My, I've got a couple of Ultraman movies. Uh, that top three. My top three. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say the Superior Eight Ultra Brothers, directed by my buddy Takeshi Yagi. Just gonna drop that name there. Uh-huh. Now, name drop. Name drop. Name. Oh, 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 name. oh I, what, who dropped this here? Yagi is actually extremely sweet. Uh, he's one of the sweetest people I've ever met, and he is just like. He's just like, oh, my friends are here. <laughs> but he's super sweet. He directed a 
Um, uh, Superior Eight Ultra. I was just. It's a. It's actually a really beautiful movie. And I cry at the end of it Aww. because it's very much like dreams are possible through Ultraman. Like, <laughs> well, dreams dreams make Ultraman powerful. Make him strong enough to defeat bad guys. And and that's and there's a bunch of ultras. There's eight ultras in that movie. Dear Lord. Well, there's like forty Ultramen over the course of the last fifty five years. Um, number two is I'm gonna say Ultraman Zero the movie. It's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, Ultraman Zero the movie is a completely standalone ultra. It's just got it's mostly a lot of practical effects. Ooh. It's directed by. Man, I'm oh Taguchi, uh, uh, Kiyotaka Taguchi, mm-hmm. um, who's also very cool. He uh, are there any of these directors you don't know? Why? <laughs> I've only, I've only, I've only seen uh, uh, Taguchi San at a bar a couple times. Okay, okay, you okay, know, sure, just, sure, you know, just, uh, just like you do. Well, I give. In, I, What's number it's three? A, it's so shitty. I, I was just going to be like, well, Japan's like kind of small, and people just kind of run into each other. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, 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 Taguchi-san, he he's got a great eye for uh, shaky cam, like ground level camera uh-huh. shots, panning up to like practical effects, fighting, and then panning Ooh. back over to like people on the ground doing stuff, okay. back up to the ultras, and then compositing them in the same shot. It's a really well shot movie. It's got a good little story to it. Okay. Number three. Yeah. I, damn it, that whole description I just gave was not for Ultraman Zero, the movie. It was for Ultraman X, the movie. Which is the next one. Which was the next one. Mm-hmm. Ultraman Zero, the movie, is has like a fairy tale vibe to it. Because it's this Ultra, Ultraman Zero, who's mm-hmm. my personal favorite Ultra. Uh, he's very, he's kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog for oh, Ultras. He's God. like, a, try again, try to beat me again in 2,000 years. Or something like <laughs> Hey, get some uh, hot dogs. Yeah, or something. dogs. <laughs> He'll, he'll say shit like like female characters will kind of fall for him, and mm-hmm. he'll be like, "You don't want to fall for somebody like me. I'm trouble. Uh, <laughs> I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel." Actually, he likes he's. I like that over the course of Ultraman Zero's journey through the various series, he's actually kind of grown up a little bit. Yeah. He's, he used to be kind of an angry loner, and now oh he's like now he's like. What's up, bro? Let's go fucking hang out. Let's get some get some fucking you know what is this Ramune? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I was just about to make this entire thing about Ultraman Zero, but I'm gonna stop. Yep. He did a movie where he goes to another universe because he's learned that there's some shenaniganery going on, and he is like on his own. There are no Ultras in this universe, but he meets up with these other giant heroes. Like one is a fire dude. There's like mm-hmm. a dude from a mirror world. There's a giant robot that's got an AI in it. Mm-hmm. And they all become this little ragtag Final Fantasy crew of friends. Aww. And um, he meets, like, a princess. And he meets this little boy. And he saves his brother's life. His brother was going to die. So he, he inhabits his body. And he's, like, he does the fusion thing. And he's, like, oh, yeah, I'm in your brother's body. He's fine. But he almost died. So This is, like, some Doctor Who regeneration stuff going on a here a little bit. bit. Yeah. A little bit. Where would you place uh, Shin Ultraman with those uh, three? It's up there. Yeah. It's it's pretty okay. good. It's okay. pretty good. I like the um I think I think it's because those movies were built as movies, mm-hmm. like to have like an again an arc to them. Sure. Whereas this again felt like a highlight reel from the original show. Best was, of. A best of. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. It's come to this an ultra a Shin Ultraman clip show. <laughs> <laughs> 
it does have that vibe, and I can already tell that people are turned off by that. Uh, some, some people I've talked to are turned off by that. Uh, I actually have a friend who I will not name who uh, told me that it was the, and he's a kaiju fan. He lives in Japan. He was like, that was the most boring movie I've ever seen. Aww. Because he doesn't, he likes Godzilla and stuff. Mm. He doesn't give a shit about Ultraman. And he's like, I didn't connect with it. It was, it was like, I didn't feel anything for the characters. I didn't see an arc, you know? Oops. And, you know, but uh, anyway, I didn't mind that. I thought it was fun as an introduction to Ultraman. I, you know, I, di- I didn't know any better that it was, you know, uh, a clip show or a best of reel or a highlight reel. So I didn't know. So, uh, well, yeah. that speaks to the strength of the core narrative that you didn't perceive it being like, like a TV show in structure. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's, um, yeah, they are apparently making next is going to be Shin Ultra 7. Okay which is the Ultra series that follows the original Ultraman. It's darker, mm. more hard sci-fi heavy, okay. uh, more of a mature storyline, and Ultra 7 is the character that kind of appeals to an older crowd. Okay. Um, and then apparently they're going to do return a Shin Return return of Shin Ultraman, which is a... was a Return of Ultraman was the series that came after Ultra 7, where they were like, oh, Ultraman is back! But then they were like, they retcon it to be like, oh, no, it's actually a different Ultraman. Mm. Ultraman Jack. Jack? Okay. Okay, nope, nope, it's fine, it's fine. Ultraman Jack, Ultraman Ace. Ultraman Ace is uh, a man and a woman fusing together to form Ultraman. Oh, you've told me about that one. I have, yeah. Yes, it was fun. Ultraman Tara, Ultraman Leo, Ultraman 80, which is 1980. Uh, Ultraman Swords of the Future, which is Ultraman Great. Ultraman Powered, which is Ultraman the Ultimate Hero. Ultraman, hold on, Ultraman Zerth, which was a parody series, a set of parody movies that were kind of an environmentalist Ultraman, but he was also like a neat freak. Um, he didn't like getting his hands dirty, like literally. He's like, like washing his hands like a waterfall. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Ultraman Zerth. Ultraman Naos, which actually got bumped to later in the 90s. Ultraman Tiga, Ultraman Dyna, Ultraman Gaia, Ultraman I'm go- Cosmos. I'm Ultraman going cross-eyed Nexus, over here. <laughs> Ultraman Max, Ultraman Mabius, Ultraman... Hold on. Ultra Galaxy, Ultra Galaxy Neo, Ultra Galaxy Legends, then Ultraman Zero shows up. So if Wikipedia ever goes down... <laughs> just come to me! And you need to know about Ultraman, just hit up Matt. I'm actually a... F- a friggin' novice compared to some people I know. Oh, yeah? Who were just, like, mired in it. And, like, there are some monsters from Ultraman, you would show me them to me? I mean, I don't know who that is. Okay. There's so goddamn many of them. Anyway, you're just, you're just having fun. You're I having am. Fun with your toys. I am just playing with toys over here yeah. while you're just listing, <laughs> off, listing off. Lifting, <laughs> listing off Ultraman. Oh, wait, I didn't finish. Uh, oh, Ultraman. God. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm all done. Ultraman Ginga, Ultraman Ginga S. Ultraman X, mm-hmm. Ultraman Ultra- Orb, Ultraman Man. They actually do make that joke a few times. Ultraman uh, Dinosaur. Ultra- There's Ultraman Ultra- Dyna, I did say that. Ultraman on Ice. Orb, Jeed, De- uh, Rube, which is RB, because there's two Ultras. Ultraman Light. Ultra- there is an Ultraman called Ultraman Ikari. Uh, let's see, we got. Light. Just throw names at me, and I'll tell you if it's a real Ultra or not. Ultraman Crystal. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's. I'm thing. just just coming up with like uh yeah I know. U- Ultraman Code Red. Yeah, Ultraman Rosso, which is Latin for red, I believe. Are they just are they just uh, basically uh, lifting all these names from like soda companies? 
Is that what's happening here? I just sincerely wish that was the case. Ultraman Surge. They always have the. That's actually a dope name. Ultraman Surge. Oh, it's Subraya. like a whole whole Subraya. who like a whole army of I'll Ultraman. I'll draw that one. I'll design Ultraman Surge. That's actually a fucking dope. Hold on. Here's my. <laughs> I gotta write this down. You heard it here first. He's he's trademarking and writing it down as trademarking we speak. it. I don't want to go to uh, Ultra course. Ultra Ultraman Mountain Dew. <laughs> Ultraman Dew the Dew. Dew Dew Ultraman Baja Blast. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna write Surge. Now. Um, Ultraman Baja Blast. Ultraman uh, Ultraman Code Red. Ultraman Dark Cherry. Voodoo Mystery Flavor. Um, dark Cherry. Ultraman mm-hmm. Dark Cherry. Okay, you know what? Ultraman Mingus Dew. Mingus. Mingus Dew from. C-Lab 20. Oh, oh, Mingus Dew and um, uh, Ultraman. What are some of the other drinks in that? And I say to myself, (laughs) I need exact change. (laughs) Oh, no, his children. (laughs) Fucking what's up? All right, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other parting thoughts? Yep, yep. That was an Ultraman. I saw it. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. And, and Matt dragged me here to talk about it. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. That was oh, fine. Yeah. I came willingly. Uh, willingly. <laughs> I'm here. I'm winking into the microphone. Um, <laughs> Tessa Blink if you need rescued. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. For a series of flashing colors. And... I love flashing colors. How did you know? <laughs> Don't. You know, I won't give you a seizure. But no, I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoy it, and I'm glad. Uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it too. Like I said, it's not my favorite Ultraman, but it's up there. I'd say maybe it's number four. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I, like I said, I freaking cry every time I watch the Superior Eight Ultra Brothers. So <sighs> I'm really tempted to ask you. So, what are the names of all the movies yet? I'm kidding. Okay, so <laughs> no, there's, there's no Ultraman no! movie. It's a compilation. <laughs> And then there's Ultraman, uh, wait, no, that's Ultra 7, Ultra 7, no, that's Hanuman and the 8 Ultra Brothers, that's not a real movie. <gasps> no, Super I didn't say that, I'm sorry! Hey everybody, uh, this time it's just Matt. Uh, I really appreciate y'all uh, listening to this episode, and I wanted to record a quick little uh, end cap to this whole Shin Ultraman episode. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the uh, last two parts with Tessa. I actually got to see the movie a second time for Fantastic Fest's uh, special Monday screening of, you know, Shin Ultraman. Uh, And uh, I wanted to recount a little bit of that experience, and I thought you guys would uh, enjoy that. Uh, This is actually one of the first times I'm recording a podcast segment by myself with no one to bounce off of. So we'll see how it goes. Usually I just uh, record myself if I'm doing an announcement or, uh, hey, we lost the audio or, hey, the audio sucks. Uh, By the way, I apologize for any variations in the quality of the audio in this episode. We were having all kinds of technical problems. Um, My computer is, you know, starting to go. It's uh, been a good run. It was like a, you know, I had it for like 10, I've had, God, I've actually had it for like I had this computer for like 15, how long have I had this computer? Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, anyway, in the meantime, I wanted to go ahead and just um, record some extra impressions, because after seeing the movie a second time, I had some additional thoughts. But uh, anyway, uh, Tessa unfortunately couldn't go with me to the second screening, which was the one, that was the big one that Fantastic Fest hyped up, because uh, director Higuchi was in attendance uh, as well 
as Ultraman himself. Uh, yeah, there was an actor, uh, uh, a, a performer in an Ultraman suit who was running around and uh, taking pictures with people. And it was a really great time. You know, a lot of folks were really excited to see Ultraman. And I have to say, just as a fan, it's really cool and surprising to see Ultraman's profile rising in the West. I remember when I was younger being frustrated that Ultraman just wasn't that well-known outside of Japan. And heck, I had to... I remember correctly. Yeah. I remember the first time I really learned about all the different ultra series, uh, outside of this bootleg VHS tape that I got, uh, was in G fan magazine where they laid out all of the ultra series from man, the original, uh, from ultra Q and ultra man all the way to, I think at the time it was cosmos was the latest series. Uh, at that point, I remember reading it, just pouring over that information and reading about all the premises and premises and all the characters and really nostalgic, a really nice time. Uh, so yeah, I'm just, uh, thinking about this, this kind of warmth that I felt because Ultraman has a very warm and fun presence. It's, uh, you know, it, it has a direct appeal to kids and the childlike at heart, if you will. Uh, some of the core values of the series have uh, reached out to kind of embody this um, protective parent-like uh, energy towards its fans. Um, you know, Ultraman as a series and as a franchise has um, for a long time kind of tried to embody these ideals of heroism and not just this kind of reductive Joseph Campbell style monomyth, but a specifically Japanese kind of heroism that comes from, you know, not just, it takes a lot of different forms and it's kind of hard to explain, but there is a warmth to the ultra series that, you know, thankfully still is able to transcend a lot of the more commercialistic aspects, which I agree, you know, that's part of the franchise now. And, you know, things have to, things have to be created a certain way, but, you know, it's, um, it takes some, it takes some reflection, you know, and I think Ultraman is actually also very good at encouraging self-reflection. And it's something that, you know, there is still a modicum of even in this current pop culture landscape of we gotta we gotta franchise everything we gotta we gotta make sure everything is making money for us uh god i uh I shudder to think of the day of Ultraman being bought by Disney or something <laughs> um said the guy who did a Marvel cover for Ultraman, which of course I was more than happy to do, but I always hope Ultraman kind of retains um and Super Riot Productions, by extension, retains its kind of independent spirit because even with having to, you know, have sponsors and have Bandai tie-ins and all that, you'll still get these little gems like um, the episode of Ultraman Orb where um, Orb himself uh, and the, the characters find the little bar, the little uh, the little coffee shop run by... Um, the uh, alien who had given up trying to conquer Earth. Uh, and that episode's a really fun one. And then, you, of course, you go further back, you get stuff like Ultraman Max, which is just a, 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 a 
rogues gallery of amazing Ultraman stories. Um, and even recently, you know, Ultraman Decker uh, has been, I think, a pretty big improvement over Trigger. Uh, and Decker has some really strong stuff in it. Uh, although I think Ultraman Zet is one of the stronger series, personally, uh, in the recent years. I think Zet benefited a lot from the work of Kiyotaka Taguchi. Um, and of course, you know, the writing staff and effects staff, I think Zet, uh, was a real banger of a show, even though it was affected very heavily by both the death of its lead writer and the, uh, pandemic era shooting. But uh, anyway, I, I've been waxing poetically about the franchise for a while now, and I wanted to swing back around to the movie. Um, Shin Ultraman, as I said before, it's a is definitely a highlight reel. It's it's a fan film in a lot of the same ways that something like Godzilla King of the Monsters is. It's clearly made with a lot of love, and there's nothing really wrong with that. And at first, I think I was honestly maybe trying to be a little too hard on it. Not to say that, I mean, you hopefully listen to the first part of the episode and you can tell that I definitely enjoyed the movie. Um, but I think because I've been so... I'm feeling a little bit drained these days of a lot of pop culture. Uh, I'm actually in the process of moving again, and I'm having to go through a lot of my stuff, and a lot of stuff is just getting thrown in the sale pile. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm trying to hold on to stuff that has, like, a lot of nostalgic value to it, or maybe I have specific memories associated with it. Um, but... I think, I think about stuff like, you know, the Jurassic World movies, which even I didn't really so much mind the third Jurassic World movie. It's still a movie that is highly indicative of the current pop culture landscape, which is just, you have to have an action beat every couple of minutes. You can't really sit around and wait to let the emotion of a scene settle in because you have to keep your audience laughing or keep them engaged or whatever. Um, and which is why when I see something like Shin Ultraman, which is prima facie, a nostalgic trip down memory lane with a fresh coat of paint. Um, there is a part of me that wants to be cynical and wants to be critical. And I think that that is an important part of your brain to keep healthy and keep alive. I would hesitate to let that part of your brain take over, though. Like, I would hesitate to let it dominate the the cultural conversation. That's not to also say that we should give in to anti-intellectualism, that we should give in to not analyzing things. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of YouTube channels out there that are just a dime a dozen that are just... Uh, people refusing to engage with the themes of a film. Uh, Dan Olson has a great video about, um, Oh crap. Annihilation. That's the movie, uh, about an, uh, the movie annihilation, not the, not the existential concept and how, you know, it was, uh, at the time, just another, uh, victim of this, pop culture landscape, this pop culture consumption landscape that consists of a lot of YouTube videos, quote unquote, explaining what happens in a film when the explanation is not really what's important. What's important are the themes 
of the film and the themes and the ideas the film is trying to convey. All of pop culture is not a problem to be solved, basically. Um, and when looking at something like Shin Ultraman, I can really tell that there are some bigger ideas at play. Um, you know, Ano and Higuchi both are, you know, they're good at what they do. Um, I, I've always praised, uh, Higuchi's, um, Higuchi's eye for direction and his ability to paint, paint the scene, so to speak. And he's always, you know, very experimental with his effects work. Uh, I still maintain the Attack on Titan movies are at least very interesting, uh, or at least, you know, they're at least trying some interesting things, especially visually with their composite special effects, as opposed to everything being CGI. Um, uh, although I, um, and I also feel that Anno himself is a really strong creative mind. I think he has an amazing creative mind. I don't, I don't worship the ground the guy walks on like a lot of people do. I, you know, I think he's, again, he's got a really creative mind and he's clearly looking for the themes in his works, uh, looking, looking to tap into themes and whatnot. But I would say Shin Ultraman hews a little closer to, say, the Cutie Honey movie than, uh, the, um, than, say, Shin Godzilla or Evangelion, you know, both of which are great, uh, I think great and well, extremely well made works, um, despite, you know, Shin Godzilla's some, somewhat odd, and I think somewhat un even unintentional political leanings, hard to say I'm not Japanese. Uh, hard for me to comment on Japanese politics when you don't live there and pay taxes there. Um, but I do think that even though, even just, you know, I still think Shin Godzilla is, is one of the boldest and strongest Godzilla films because it set out what it intended to do. Um, I think better than a lot of movies, especially nowadays, get to do. And Shin Ultraman, I'm finally getting around to it, is really interesting in how it approaches the material. It still has a very episodic feel to it. It does kind of feel like you're watching it uh, like a miniseries on Fast Forward. Uh, and it makes me wonder whether or not it would have been stronger as a miniseries on Fast Forward, but then it wouldn't have had the financial backing of a major studio looking for stuff to get move to get people to go to theaters for. Um, and uh, I do think that some of the themes present in Shin Ultraman are very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I got to watch the movie with, um, with Caston because uh, Tessa wasn't able to join me for the, uh, the screening on Monday uh, because she, you know, has a job <laughs> and uh you know, but, uh, I was able to bring along, uh, my assistant Kasten that y'all have, y'all have heard a couple of times on mic and she really enjoyed it. She, uh, said that she was surprised at how much she enjoyed it, uh, because she's not really into superhero movies. She's not really a pop culture junkie like the rest of us. And that as a result, it doesn't mean that she's like a normie quote unquote, or doesn't think about pop culture, but you know, she has a unique perspective on stuff. And uh, though it took me a little while to get back around to this, just because of a bunch of stuff I've had to juggle over the last week. Um, 
and we both had to juggle just a lot of work stuff. And uh, I asked her if she wanted to get in on this review, this this third part, but she admitted that she would have had to watch the movie again, um, which is understandable. But I do remember she, uh, you know, uh, she liked it uh, a lot and uh, was also impressed with a lot of the science that was being thrown around because she's a big astrophysics nerd. And yeah, the movie makes um, a liberal use of astrophysics and even some apparently mostly correct stuff. So I was really happy to hear that, you know, and uh, the themes present are very interesting. Um, but I do feel that some of the themes need a little more time to cook. There are some ideas about what the ultra culture, the culture of the planet of light, uh, what that culture is like. There are some we don't really get a really good look at that. We kind of get the idea that they are. Protectors or observers of some kind, um, but we don't get like the idea. I've always really liked the idea that the ultras are kind of like are these protectors, but they're not necessarily like cops. You know, they don't integrate. They're not integral to the societies they go to. They are. They protect these societies, they protect other civilizations from threats that would wipe them out. Um, especially if it's a civilization that has a lot of potential like humanity. And, uh, that's something I felt like could have taken a little more time to cook. Cause you still get the idea the ultra see themselves in the movie anyway, see themselves as superior to earthlings like Ultraman himself in, uh, Kaminaga's body even refers to humanity as a herd at one point. And I was a little like, okay, so is he, but he's protecting them, but he sees himself as superior to them. And I think that could be an interesting place to go. Should they, should they do any sequels? Um, which I believe they are doing sequels. And that would be really interesting to see where they go with that. But the idea that Zoffy was ready to just wipe out humanity was also, um, thematically really kind of odd that the, that humanity I guess he saw humanity as a danger. It's just so it runs so counter to previous interpretations of Ultraman that it was a little confusing. Um, and again, I just, I felt like that aspect needed a little more time to cook. Like what is the philosophy of the planet of light? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I thought, uh, I remember the, there was a, a, a young volunteer who introduced the film. His name is Austin. He introduced the film at both the screenings I went to. And apparently this was the movie that he wanted to see more than any other movie. And he was the one who was begging Fantastic Fest to get it into part of their rotation this year. And I remember uh, he said he said that the film kind of embodied 60s era optimism through the lens of modern of the kind of modern doomer culture. And I thought that was a really, really interesting perspective. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting take on it because the film does have some of that. It has some of this, like, we're going to get the greatest minds of the world together to solve this problem after Ultraman um, gives us like a, like a simple, like, a, like it gives us a little bit of data. And now we have to solve the problem, even though Ultraman ultimately was the one to still kind of resolve what was happening. 
Um, but there were just little, those little glimpses of the classic ultra series, but it was that, that classic ultra, you know, we're all in this together. We're all a band of brothers or, you know, we're all, we're all connected. And I thought that was kind of at war with some of the more cynical science fiction approaches that they were going for. I'd have to, again, I got to sit with the movie a little bit more, but that's kind of my initial impression is that, you know, everything's kind of at, some of these, some of these elements are kind of at war with each other. What the hell is that? Sorry. I just, I looked in my drawer and I saw something I don't recognize. It looks like atomic breath toy. Is this a Godzilla toy? Oh, it's from my, okay. It's from my destroy all monsters set. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, well, I've been rambling for about almost 20 minutes now, so maybe I'll wrap up these thoughts. But basically saying that I enjoyed the movie a second time around because I was also just able to digest it more. It is a rapid-fire film. And I talked to some friends who found it almost nauseating how fast the editing was. But I think a lot of other Ultra fans are just going to love this movie because of this shiny coat of paint on the classic series aesthetic. And I think that uh, I would encourage my fellow Ultra fans, like, don't, you know, obviously, if you enjoy the film, enjoy the movie, you know, have fun with it and get that warm, fuzzy, classic Ultra feeling, even though I do believe, I do feel that it was a mistake to not let Ultraman do his yeah and schwatch and stuff. I missed, I missed that every time it doesn't happen in an ultra series like Ultraman USA, for example, at least in the English dub did not have those sound effects. And I found that to be a really big bummer because I think that that gives texture to Ultraman. But anyway, I would encourage my fellow ultra fans to just to, to, to think about it and think about what these themes they're trying to get across. What do these mean? And, you know, it's okay to interrogate your feelings over something. Um, and if you come out the other side hating the thing that you initially liked, then maybe it wasn't that strong to begin with. And that's also okay. Um, personally, though, I really did enjoy the movie a second time, and I'm eager for it to come to, to get a hold of it. I want it on Blu-ray. I want to be able to watch it whenever I want because it's a... Uh, it's solid and it's really fun. And if someone like Caston, who does not really give a crap about ultra, about about superhero films, if she can come away liking it, then you know I think there's something there. And I think the movie is ultimately trying to not just recapture old imagery and old um, nostalgic feelings, but it's also there is a kind of a sense of optimism at the end of it, which is funny because you know Shin Godzilla was kind of the same way. There was a strange sense of optimism at the end of it. So, and I think it's okay to ask what that optimism means. But, uh, yeah, well, there's nothing else but to uh, fly off into the sunset.